May 12, 2019. With the Nats on a 98 loss pace for Davey Martinez, it's a question of when he goes, not if. Who should take over when he goes? And what was the right way to handle Victor Robles going full Nook Logan? Plus, we talk about Jacob's new favorite team. From Bethesda, Maryland, it's Jacob Rash. From Boston, Massachusetts, it's Johnny Rash. This is the Rashcast with Jake and John. Welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm Johnny. This is the week of... Today is the 12th of May. We're recording here late at night, post-game. It's 9.49 p.m. Most of you are watching Game of Thrones. We're just trying to get this thing wrapped up before Barry, the best HBO show on television. Yes, it is. Uh, the uh, only good, it, the only good one, in my no, opinion. No, Veep's pretty good. Anyway, um, sorry. Uh, as you can tell, we're stalling because uh, the Nats had another terrible week again, uh, and it's not so much fun to talk about the Nats being terrible week after week after week. Nope. But we're gonna keep pushing through anyway. Yeah, we made a commitment. We're going to honor that commitment, and we're going to talk about the Nats until they aren't playing baseball anymore. And then we're still going to talk about them some more. So, this week, um, got swept in Milwaukee, split a series with L.A., which, you know, if you had played better beforehand would be a win. But, you know, when we go 3-7 and seven on a road trip, it's not always great, pushing us now to 6 and 24 on the season um and to, we're 40 uh, to give you an idea of what 16 and 24 is after 40 games that is a 64 win pace or a 98 loss pace yeah. so not great not great and so you know we've talked about this in the past about Davy martinez and i think you know a lot of national reporters were talking about this week a lot of local reporters about his him getting fired soon, and I think if you know where there's smoke, there's fire. If a lot of people are talking about it, it's it might actually happen, which good. But when there's f- smoke, there's fired with a D. There we go. Yeah. Um, but so looking for looking past that, if he were to get fired, uh, there are a bunch of good candidates to replace him. Um, a lot in house, some out house. Um, I mean. We would all love Dusty Baker to come back, but hey, he think... said he would be open to it. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're gonna do that. that. No, that would I... be admitting that you've made the biggest mistake possible. Yes, asking so, your ex to move back in. Uh huh. So there's a bunch of other good candidates out there. Um, one that I particularly like is uh, Randy Nor. Uh, he was the Nats bench coach for years, then got moved to Triple A coach at Syracuse, now Fresno. Um, he's a guy who's been with the organization for a while, knows the players, knows pretty much every player who's come through the Nats at some point. And I think he'd be a good way to kind of bring someone up, not cost a lot of money or cost anything, and have a good manager at the helm. Um, yeah. I think that's probably our, one of our best in-house options. Yeah, the, the Nats have essentially been told, or at least uh, Ken Rosenthal suggested that there is no way that they go out of their own organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the three candidates that have been mentioned have been Nor, uh, Bo Porter, who's technically in the organization as a broadcaster, uh, and Chip Hale, the bench coach. 
And no. of those three, I think that Hale is the worst choice. I agree. Uh, the truth is that, that Hale was brought in for the specific job of managing to be a uh, line of communication between the manager and the players. And there have been serious problems of communication between the manager and the players. So mm-hmm. giving the guy who has failed almost as big as the manager a promotion seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And you know there's one guy who's also in organization who wouldn't cost us anything, who's won a World Series before as manager. You want them to bring in Jack McKeon? Jack McKeon. Let's do He's it. He's 89 years old and he ready can to do go. It. He's ready to go. He looks more alive than Davey Martinez does. So That is true. Every time they, they pan to him like at least three times an inning. And he looks and it's asleep. just so sad. He looks he always, like he's like, like chewing on like glass or something. Like yeah, he looks very pain. uncomfortable. But uh it just they gotta yeah. put him out of his misery. He looks so bring, sad. Bring out the pasture finally. Um <laughs> gonna, it's gonna get him sent to a farm upstate. Uh-huh. And you know, as for the right time to fire him, you know, at forty games at the right time to fire Davey though, um I would have liked, you know, I think if we if it weren't for Gerardo Parra, Davey could have been fired today. I uh, had we had lost last night. And also got no hit today because he was the only reason why for both of those. Um, and Love you, Jerry. Um, so, but uh, we're forty games in the season. This is enough of a sample size. We have almost we have over two hundred games worth of his manager managerial experience, in which he's under five hundred with a team that two years ago was over, uh, was one of the best teams in baseball. So the time is now. I would fire him. I would have fired him today, um, but. You know, I think in actuality, the time that we'll fire him is probably after this homestand. We got a six-game homestand with the Mets and Cubs coming up. Um, and depending on how that goes, this could be his last homestand in D.C. Yeah, I mean, the truth is that the Nats have put themselves so far behind the eight ball right now. But, you know, 16 and 24 is – I mean – They've had so many turning point wins, which you'd call turning point wins. Uh, obviously, momentum isn't really a thing. Momentum's only as good as your next starting pitcher in baseball. But they've had basically every win they've had has been this exhilarating, come from behind sort of type of thing that has the potential to start a winning streak. And I mean, you would think that one thing that would be a credit to a good manager and a sign of a bad one is the ability to make those small victories into momentums, to, to, to compound them. And David's shown absolutely no ability to do that. They hey, have, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that the cabbage is enough of a, mo- of a motivator to get them to play better? Maybe they're allergic to cabbage. Maybe, Maybe that's they, the problem. Yeah. They just don't Because look- every... Every single time they have one of those cabbage victories, they come out and lay an egg the next day. Maybe mm-hmm. they're all just in, like, gastric distress or something. Probably. I mean, uh, I just I don't understand it. They've had no winning streaks of more than two games this entire season. They haven't won two games in a row since April 18th. It's just – it's – it's embarrassing, but now we spent seven minutes of this podcast talking about Davey Martinez, and we said we weren't going to do that. Yeah, so, so let's talk about another gripe that we have with the team. Yes. And 
Uh, it's with uh, Victor Robles and his uh, errant plays, I guess. Not errant, but, you know, not thinking through plays. And this was on apparent yesterday when in the first inning after Juan Soto walked, Robles kind of wandered off of second base, got throat picked off of, and ultimately killed the rally that was brewing with bases loaded, no out. Uh, and today, I, just, I I can't explain that. I mean, there's no ex- like the ex- the excuse that they gave was that he thought time was out and went to talk to Bob Henley. First of all, why would he think time was out? Second of all, like did he look to check to see if time was out? Third yeah. of all, even if that wasn't the excuse, if the real reason was that he was you know he forgot that there wasn't a runner on first or something, like how? You were the yeah. two hitter in the lineup. There yeah. is no way. Sorry, this is this is turning into a rant, but I just this is more inexplicable to me than the Nook Logan play, and I never thought I'd see a base running error worse than that. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Clint Robinson, twenty fifteen, was pretty bad. Comes to mind. That uh, was also extremely terrible. But yes. even then, you understand what he's doing. You know, he's trying to get. If he's going to, you know, if there's a gapper, if Rendon hits a gapper in that situation, Robinson, being slow, is trying to get a good secondary so he can score. We like, probably should at least... We probably should have hit a pinch, plaus- pinch hit for Robinson, pinch run, pinch for, run for Robinson anyway, but... We're yeah, t- we're, but... We're I mean, lamenting about a game that happened four years ago, so let's move on. Listen, I have, <laughs> I have gripes about games that happened nine years ago. I have gripes that happened about games 15 years ago, but... Uh, yeah, I, uh, at least in that situation, there's a plausible reason for it, even if it was a dumb play. There's nothing. There's nothing no, here. It no. was just the dumbest and, thing I've ever seen. And so today, um, Davey Martinez benched Victor Robles from the lineup. While Martinez said it wasn't about this, you can kind of sense that it was. Or even if it wasn't, you know, it sends a message that it definitely was about uh, the Right, bo- it certainly the play looks yesterday. like it was. Exactly. So do you, I... I, do you think that he should have been benched today, um, you know, for the mistake he made yesterday? Do I think he should have been benched? Yes. Do I think it should have been today? No. Uh, I think the best way to do this is uh, to, a, as Davey Johnson did with Bryce Harper a lot in his rookie season in 2012, when he makes a glaring mental error, you let him play the next day, you bench him later in the week, giving everyone else the impression it's just an off day, but, you know, he knows why he's being benched. That way, instead of the media speculating, you know, you've got the media quiet and the player knowing what the message is being sent. You know, in this instance, what you had was Davey Martinez, you know, creating a very weak lie, and even if it wasn't, even if the benching today wasn't about the the base running error, everyone thinks that it was. You want the reverse to be true, uh, where the player knows that it's about the base running error, but the uh, the media doesn't. And so I, I think it was botched. I think that the bigger problem with that situation was playing Michael Taylor and then not pinch hitting for him in the eighth. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. what do you think? I mean, I wouldn't have benched Robles today. I mean, you can bench him for the base running error, I don't know if I would have. I might have just been a talk. I don't think this is, you know, he has made a lot of mental errors throughout the year, uh, but I don't know if benching him is going to fix those errors. Um, I mean, an- another thing though is he has been very cold uh, 
batting around the Mendoza line over his last 20, uh, 14 games. Uh, so that could be a reason to give him a day off, but I wouldn't have given him today off especially. Uh, you know, if you're able to take, you know, you want to put out your best lineup today, if you're able to take three or four from L.A., that could be something that actually builds momentum. Uh, coming into a, the best team in baseball and taking three or four on the road is something big, especially after getting swept. So I would have put your best foot forward. I understand Kendrick was dealing with some, you know, sleep neck issues. I would have rather him play today, especially against hey, the lefty. Hey, Parra got the only hit, so dig the, don't I mean, knock him. Yeah, sure. Um, but especially with Taylor, Taylor's bat right now is the ultimate liability in the lineup. He is striking out about 47% of his plate appearances. Um, he goes to an a 0-2 count in 35% of his plate appearances this year. Which that, that That's just insane. That is, there's just something wrong with your approach. First of all, if you're getting so many first two pitches that are strikes in the zone, you should be able to hit them. But it seems like he's just, you know, what it always is, is first pitch he looks, or first pitch he swings through, second pitch he looks, third pitch, 50-50 swing through look. He, it's it's just incredible how poor his approach is. And while he is a great, while he's a great defender, I mean, he made that great play today in center, uh, to save, you know, what inning was that? I don't remember. But he made a great play today in center. It's not worth it to have his bat in the lineup anymore. He just cannot hit. And in every spring, everyone's like, you know, he's changed his approach. This year, everyone's like, his swing's so much shorter. He's going to really thrive this year. Every spring, people say that. And every, you know, summer, it's nothing. He's the same hitter he's always been, except for that one fluke year. When one Dusty Baker managed to get the best out of him along yeah. with every single other backup player. So don't yes. tell me that's not a skill. Yes. Let's, if we talk about Dusty more, I'll cry. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we, this whole podcast should just be dedicated to the memory of Dusty Baker. Still alive, just our memory of Dusty Baker. No, our memory of him. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Taylor is just, I mean... He's the ultimate guess hitter, except he always seems to guess wrong. He's the, uh, I don't know, the anti-Nostradamus? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's really troubling. Yeah. So if you want to put your best foot forward today, Michael Taylor is not that. And, afford, and you saw what happened. You know, I'm not blaming this loss solely on Michael Taylor. I'm not blaming this loss on him at all. But he actually had one of the better at-bats today. But yeah. it's it's not great when you're you know you have a chance to actually this is would have been especially after last night after the big eighth inning you have a chance to actually build momentum take two of three of four from the best team in baseball and you're benching you know one of your hopefully best players for someone who can't hit a lick so and then and then no, I mean. They just, I just don't understand the not pinch hitting for him. The reason I mean, I honestly would have pinched hit Kendrick there as for for as Taylor, would I. and then yes. move Para to the outfield. Kendrick at first, sure. Or I mean, put Robles in, figure it sure. out. You could double switch his spots up next. Double switch exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of things you could have done. I would have put Kendrick in. The yeah. reason that the rationale that Davey gave that he'd seen him twice. And that he therefore, you know, could face him better the third time through than any other hitter off the bench is just, <laughs> he's, he, it's, 
unbelievable. He struck he, out the first two times. Like, he faced him twice and got overmatched in both at bats. But I have a like good feeling about the third one. There is, there is, like the old line that that Donald Trump used against Hillary Clinton. Like he's got experience, but he's got bad experience. Mm. Like that was every like he's seen the pitches. He's seen them go by him as he swings through them. It just yeah. it made no sense. Yeah. So it and was that's, very frustrating. But yeah, but the comeback full circle. No, I think you don't need to bench Robles for ba- the base running gaff. I do think giving him a day off. This was his first day off of the full day off of the year. Um, he hasn't started every game, but he's played in every game. So you know that was necessary because he's definitely grinding a bit at the plate. Um, but I think you know, especially today, I, I would have kept him out there in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it would have made a difference. No, given the rest of the team's approach. But I mean, Jesus, how do you I mean, get one hit off? I I know that Ryu just threw one. Or uh, like it was a three-hit shutout on his last time out. I know he's not a bad pitcher, but like he wasn't that sharp that he should have been no hitter through seven and a third. Just yep. I mean, in the lineup, the lineup is mostly healthy now. Sure, they don't have Turner or Zimmerman or Adams, but they're you know with Soto back, they're reasonably deep. Mm-hmm. This isn't the lineup that can be making excuses for getting one hit by Yunjin Ryu. Just. Nope. Ugh. And that one hit was from Leaping. someone who was on the team before the series started. The best uh, player in Nats history, Gerardo Parra. Yeah, our our savior. So yes. that's so. One more thing, um, you know, something that happened in the beginning of the week was, you know, Anthony Rendon was activated. And now our team's getting healthy again, and we sent down Carter Keyboom uh, after a dismal showing in the majors. Uh, not only was his offense putrid. Uh, struck out high strikeouts, you know, he had the two home runs, which were both, you know, big home runs, but, you know, hitting 128 with a 491 OPS and striking out uh, 16 times and 39 at bats is not great. Um, so, and his defense as well looked very worrisome. So this is the it first. Wasn't, it wasn't just the errors he was making. It was the, just, I mean, the poor form, the, oh, it was really troubling. Anyway, continue. So, I mean, that's uh, something that I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast when he just got called out about his defense. Uh, but his offense, you know, this is the first time we really saw a Nationals prospect in a while look completely overmatched as soon as he got called up, uh, especially one right. of the highly talented ones. So what do you, what's your takeaway from, you know, the key boom call up? What do you, has your opinion on him soured because of how poor he looked in these 11 games? Well, I will say this. I, from watching him in these games, I seriously doubt that he can stick at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's not really the plan for him, especially with Turner around. The idea is to move him to second. But that was, I mean, just, it, it wasn't even the range. It was just the poor form, the, the fact yeah. that, he couldn't seem to keep his gloves soft on hot shots. Like, it was basic stuff. He seemed to be extending his elbow, uh, trying to field ground balls. Like, the, yeah, the that thing that they tell you not to do on the first day of, like, first grade shortstop camp. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm not worried that much about his offense. I think, I mean, he got overmatched. He seemed to have 
tons of holes in his swing, especially, I mean, he seemed to, whenever they looked, whenever he looked outside, they'd throw him in. And then whenever he looked out in, they'd, you know, give him a slider away and he'd swing through it. But, you know, he's 21. He's very young. We've been spoiled by Soto and to a lesser extent Robles into thinking that prospects come up fully formed when they don't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, to me, the most troubling thing was the defense. Yeah. And there, there's no quick fix there. I mean, a lot of it was fundamental stuff. Uh, so I, I don't know how much longer that means he should be kept in the minors, but he's got a lot to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, for me, after watching him a bit off, I think his potential is something like Brian Dozier with a little, with less power, um, somewhere around a two sixties hitter. Um, you know, that's a little bit above Dozier, but high strikeouts, um, you know, does have good power. But, you know, does strike out a lot and doesn't play, you know. I know Dozier is supposed to have good defense. I think maybe he did a few years ago, but plays adequate at best defense at second. Because he's not well, going sh- to be a shortstop. That's not the plan. It's, I mean, we have Turner at short for the, the long The thing term. about Keyboom in the minor leagues is he didn't have, you know, outlandishly high strikeout rates. He was pretty decent. It I still mean, has been. I mean, he's, he his about strikeout 20- rate... Was about twenty percent last year. Yeah, twenty one percent is not. I mean, it's it's below average mm. for a minor leaguer. That's not anything to be concerned about. Uh, I mean, it just he looked like he had never played baseball before on the field a lot. It's mm-hmm. very troubling. Yeah, I think you know maybe some more time. Who in the minors will help him? Who knows? I wasn't overly impressed with him. I have never been too high on him. Um, Right. I've never really trusted, you know, I, there's a, I've, I've never really been too high on him. And so, you know, this really wasn't much of a, a, I mean, it's only 11 games, yes, but he looked completely, completely I mean, it, it's, it's easier to discount the offense. Again, it's 11 games, small mm-hmm. sample size, but it's much harder it's to defense. discount the defense. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, and the the biggest concern now is that, you know, he is the last one of our prospects really in our system. Uh, you know, they've we, still got Luis Garcia, but he's years away. Um, I mean, yeah. he's not hitting for at all right now where he is. Um, so you know, it's it's you know, there's a lot of great stuff happening right now in Nats Town, um, which is good for for Jacob because he is no longer a Nats fan. Uh, I have renounced my Nats fandom. Yes. Um, and so if you follow him on Twitter, you've seen that he's made the switch to the Minnesota Twins. And boy, what a good time to switch over. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Twins. Oh, yeah. Go Twins. Oh, go Twins. Go Twins. So, uh, so yeah, it was a great time today, especially because my fa- my favorite player on my favorite team, William Zastadillo, is back. Yes, he is. So. I am just absolutely over the moon. However, I just saw from Bleach uh, from uh, MLB trade rumors Nelson Cruz to undergo MRI on left wrist. Hmm, that's, that's not good for my team. No, it's not good for your team. But let's talk about what's going right with the Twins. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just because I am now a Twins fan, but also because lots of stuff has gone right for the Twins. They're now twenty-five and fourteen, uh, which is first place in the. AL Central, and one of the big things that's gone right for them 
has nothing to do with them, and that is the Indians' injury troubles. Uh, this is more of a why the Twins could win the Central segment than uh, what's up with my favorite team segment. Uh, but yeah, the uh, with Corey uh, yeah Corey Kluber, pardon me, with Corey Kluber uh, sidelined for possibly the whole season with that fractured ulna with uh, you know. Mike Clevenger being sidelined for a while. Uh, the Indians are not a deep team. They, uh, you know, traded a lot of that depth in the offseason for payroll flexibility and a hill of magic beans. Uh, so the fact that their rock, their, you know, pitching rotation, which was the thing that was supposed to keep them in this division, which is a very weak division even with the amount of talent they traded, the fact that it has, you know, basically had 40% of the rotation go down, that opens up a pretty wide hole for a team like the Twins. And the Twins have been playing great. Uh, and, you know, I guess appropriately, uh, they have been pitching far above expectations. Jose Berrios uh, looks like he's finally making that next step. Uh the dude has been phenomenal with command. Uh, he's been, you know, walking 1.4 per nine, which is just impressive. Yeah, 51 strikeouts. 51 strikeouts to eight walks this year, which, yeah, very good. Eight walks. Yeah. I mean, that's... In uh, 53 innings. Right. I mean, I speaking of the Nats-Dodgers game, uh, the fact that Yunjin Ryu has three walks this entire season is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, getting back to the Twins, Jake Odorizzi's been fantastic. Uh, their bullpen, which, you know, a lot of guys are playing over their heads. Blake Parker especially, although, you know, he's got a track record of being pretty decent and was inexplicably DFA'd by the, or non-tendered by the, the Angels this year, as if they didn't need any more pitching. Uh, you know, they, Taylor Rogers, really good arm at the left side of the bullpen. Uh, throws 95 uh, from the left side, which is really impressive. Uh, I mean, their offense, you know, they're, you know, I know that Cruz is getting a, a wrist MRI, could be a possible handmade injury, but he's been the same Nelson Cruz as ever, even though he's 38 years old. Uh, I mean, the, the big thing that's been really impressive about them is Jorge Polanco taking the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just signed the extension this offseason. Yeah, and it's looking really smart. Looking really I mean, team-friendly. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it. I mean, the guy is, is now 25 years old, which I, I guess isn't so old. But, you know, he's been a, a decent player. He was hurt a lot of last year, but he was decent the year before that when the Twins made the playoffs. But, I mean, we're not talking about – we're talking about a guy who's, you know, largely value based on his adequate offense and solid defense at short. And then all of a sudden this year, uh, I mean, just to put it in perspective, he's got 2.6 B war this year. That's more than he'd had in any other season of his career. And we're only 36 games in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Polanco breaking out. I, I think, mean, it, I don't, I think yeah. for me though, the, the one thing that's really indicate of the twin success is the fact that Byron Buxton is returning is, playing the best he's ever have uh you know which still isn't you know phenomenal 
No, but he's above average offensively. Average bat. He's right. above average offensively, which is all you need from a guy like Buxton. If he, right. you know, he leads the league in doubles with sixteen. You know, he's never gonna hit for much home run power, but that's you know he's getting you know the the uh, extra base hits where he needs to. That's with his speed, and you know if he gets on base, you know he's only getting on base at a three eleven clip, but you know he's getting on base more than he did last year, one eighty three last year. He was atrocious last year, so it's a positive sign to see an improved Buxton for the Twins, and you know hopefully they can keep this up because. They're a fun team. I mean, they were a team this year, this offseason, that decided to actually add pieces, especially to their offense. And all those pieces have turned out great, uh, aside from Marvin Gonzalez, who's been very bad. But Crone has a 121 OPS+. plus. Scope has a 119 OPS+. plus. Nelson Cruz has a 135 OPS+. plus. All these guys who they added in the offseason have made huge strides for them and have really deepened their lineup into something that's actually a pretty good lineup. Um, right. I think the, the biggest strength for the Twins, you know, that we expected coming into this year was not that any one player was going to be great, but that they would have a lineup that was at least solid one through nine if Buxton played up to expectations. And, you know, they still haven't gotten Miguel Sano back, and Sano could still at least regress to his 2017 form. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would really help this team, especially yeah. if Cruz is out for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the AL Central is very much up for grabs, um, especially as you said with the Indians' injuries. And plus, the Indians, I mean, I think, yeah, their pitching staff is great, but this is all their own doing with their offense. It's just so bad. Um, they got cocky. They thought they could save a ton of money and still win the division. Still reap those rewards of the two playoff games that they would lose. Yeah, I mean, you want to look at who they're starting in their lineup. You know, guys who have the most plate appearances for them in their lineup. You've got the entire outfield of OPS below 700. Um, Jose Ramirez has been awful for them this year, like to a point where it's a little bit worrisome. Only a 615 OPS, 204 batting average. The only player who's hitting. Above 750 OPS, above 100 OPS plus, is Carlos Santana, a guy they didn't even want. Um, nope. So, a guy they got stuck with. <laughs> and without him, they would be in a lot of trouble. So This lineup just, I mean, you, you expect Lindor to hit better. You expect Ramirez to hit better. But outside of that, I don't know where else you're going to get reinforcements from in this lineup. Jeez, uh, I didn't realize how grim it was. 72 yeah. OPS plus as a team, 222, 302, 347. They, they got to be thankful that the Marlins exist. Otherwise, those would be, you know, uh, league-wide lows instead mm-hmm. of just very bad. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good your pitching staff is. And right now, I mean, they have old friend Jeffrey Rodriguez in the rotation. Um, done pretty well so far in three starts, 2-4-1 yeah. ERA. But, you know, that's... That's not a team, I think, you know, even on paper, looking at past, the Twins are a better team than the Indians. I mean, that's taking yeah. Clevenger and Kluber out of the rotation, but Kluber wasn't even good when he was starting this year. Um, so, I, I'm all in on the Twins. I, I really think they can win the division. Um, twins, you know, it's not man. much of, they're the, right now, the best team in baseball by record. So, go Twins. Yeah.
Go Twins. Um, uh, I th- I oh, and they also they have. No. By the way, they have three old friends in addition to Jeffrey Rodriguez. They also have Tyler Clifford and AJ Cole, who just and Ollie Perez yesterday. The Indians, yeah, we're and Ollie about. Perez. That's four old friends. Yeah, look at that. So but still, we don't like them. No Indians. Um, but that's all the time we have for us today. Uh, we have to watch Barry now. So uh, I hope you all enjoyed us. You know our misery about the Nats. Hope we provided yeah. some interesting analysis. And we and will. Who knows? Maybe next week it'll get better. So hopefully next week we'll be tuned. able to talk about our new manager, Randy Nor. So that's all the time yeah. we have for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week.